John chapter 15, verse 1 to 4. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. John chapter 15. Alrighty. So I have my pruned vine here with me. Don't laugh. Um, it has been pruned since last week. You might have also noticed that we've moved back downstairs. And uh, we have a topic today which I guess is um, probably the most challenging, but I actually feel the most important of all of the themes that we see in this passage from John chapter 15. Uh, before we reflect on this, let me pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to meet together online, uh, to meet the few of us here physically, and in the coming weeks to meet in small settings as we be cautious uh, but grateful that we can have fellowship with one another. And we pray, Lord, this morning that our fellowship with you would deepen, would increase as we learn why you prune our lives as branches connected to the vine. Lord, we pray you would speak to us this morning and we thank you for your word through which you speak to us. We don't take it for granted. We're we're grateful, Lord, um, for your communion with us through your word. We pray you would open our hearts and our ears now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you do any sort of gardening at your house, I wonder how you feel about pruning. Uh, Depending on what kind of plant it is, maybe you find it therapeutic just to to get rid of the dead stuff, to kind of go through and and, and, and chop off the branches that you know um, uh, uh, need to get out of the way so that the the rest of the plant can grow stronger and not get uh, damaged by weather or whatever it might be. How do you feel about pruning? Well, I remember my brothers and I, as we were teenagers, uh, mum and dad would occasionally make us help with the pruning of some big trees in the backyard, but I certainly don't remember that being a positive experience. See, what would happen is, while my dad, hi dad, hi mum, I know you're watching, uh, my dad got to chop off all the overgrown branches from the big trees from the bushes near our house, but my brother and I had to drag them all the way down the footpath over the road and dump them on the sand dunes where all the other off, uh, like bushes and things were at the beach. And these were like big offcuts. So it was basically slave labour they were putting us through. And that's my memory of pruning. I didn't even get to do the pruning. That was, Dad, we just had to drag the tree branches. Now, whether pruning trees or plants is an enjoyable ex- exercise for you or not, I'm guessing you've never thought about this. How does the branch feel? Um, because although some would say, you know, yes, plants do feel somebody if we, something if we talk to them or whatever, they, you know, they grow better. Um, it's not likely something you've considered to, to think, how does the branch feel while I'm pruning it right now? But in the metaphor Jesus uses, the branches don't represent something without physical and emotional feelings. The branches, of course, are you and I. Joy, Johnny, Sarah, all of you watching online, we we are the branches. And I think it's fair to say that pruning hurts 
if we're a branch, if, we, if that's who we are in the metaphor, to have something removed or, or, or cut off or severed or, or whatever. Um, I mean, you can hear the, hear the crack then. You know, that, can, that could really hurt. Um, so what I want to start this morning by looking at is why God does this in the, in the first place. Why does God prune? Um, and then we're going to move to who he prunes and finally what it is that he prunes off in our lives as followers of Jesus. So why, who, and what? Why does God prune? Surely if he loves us, surely if he loves you and I, he would not want to do anything to hurt us. Right? Unfortunately, that, that slightly simplistic perspective, it doesn't take into account a few things. It doesn't take into account what God is trying to do in our lives long term. It doesn't take into account the way the vine grows and the way the branches grow from the vine because this, this metaphor Jesus uses actually illustrates a point beautifully about what Jesus is trying to do with our lives. Picture Jesus in the vineyard with his disciples. Okay, we've got sort of a garden vineyard set going on here. Picture him in this garden with his disciples and he shares this metaphor with them. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches, right? Uh, the branches that don't bear fruit, he prunes, and those that do, he prunes also, so they'll bear even more fruit. That's the metaphor. Jesus' disciples would have understood in the first century that the vine-growing practices, probably a better word for that, but um, how, how uh, they grew vines of grapes and other fruits. Basically, when a vine began to grow, it would bear some fruit, but then eventually the weight of the fruit, if you imagine some fruit on this little branch right now, um, the weight of the fruit couldn't be borne by the weak branch. And so if it was just left to keep growing, it would, the, the, the fruit would, would make the weak branch snap off. So the gardener would actually cut back that branch. Um, I don't have some secateurs here with me, but he cut back that branch multiple times. It would grow some more fruit again, and he'd, he'd cut it back again so that the branch would, would get stronger and thicker and sturdier and have a, a greater connection to the vine until eventually that branch was strong enough to hold the fruit it produced, to hold more fruit and better and bigger and juicier fruit. And this gives us some good insight into why God prunes us. In order to produce more, better, juicier fruit in our lives, we need to grow stronger and stronger in the vine. And, and pruning the branch back helps this to happen. It doesn't mean it's easy, of course. When, when we're young in Christ, we might start to see some good fruit in our, come from our relationship with God, but just as soon as we see that good fruit, that you know we're, we're trimmed back a bit, it's, that's removed, and something we thought was fruitful is taken away. It, it's cut off. But that is so that the connection to Him, the strength in Him, is His life flowing through us. It, it, it becomes greater and greater. And so, why does God prune? Well, it's so that we might bear more fruit in the long term. So the connection gets stronger, the branch strengthens, and therefore we can bear more fruit. How does God feel about that, do we think? How does God feel about pruning us if we're the branches and he's the gardener? Well, I mean, he knows it's painful for us, of course, and so I'm, I'm sure God does not like doing it, but ultimately he's doing that. He's pruning us for our good. Jesus says we'll have much joy when we remain in him and bear fruit. 
And so the more fruit we're able to bear, the more joy in our lives. Joy, in fact, is a fruit of the Spirit, if I'm not mistaken. He, he prunes us because He loves us, because He wants the best for us. So then, next question, who does God prune? Is it just some followers of Jesus? Is it, uh, what determines who God chooses to get the secateurs out and, and prune back in their lives? The Bible says that God disciplines those he loves. It's in Psalms, Proverbs, Hebrews, the principles all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, but is this what pruning is about? Well, is it just about discipline? In part, yes. Paul talks about living according to the Spirit, and then he talks about living according to the flesh as two different things. When we live by the Spirit, uh, we're in obedience to God. That's what it means to live by the Spirit. And we produce the fruit of the Spirit, right? We live by the Spirit, we produce the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, etc. On the contrary, when we don't live according to God's will, we produce the works of the flesh, they're called. Um, envy, slander, selfish ambition, anger, etc. And so if we're not producing the fruit of the Spirit, God is going to let us experience the effects of our sin, of our flesh, so that we'll be drawn back to Him, so that we'll be drawn back to His mercy, not his punishment or his, you did a bad job, to his mercy, to his grace, to his unconditional love, start to live by the Spirit again. That is discipline and it's loving because it keeps us discipline. It keeps us coming back to God so we don't remove ourselves completely from him, our life source, a branch that's been completely removed and we've gone, you know what, we don't need God altogether, is not going to live. Uh, he's our life source. We die eternally. And so God disciplines those he loves so that we'll come back and learn to more live by the Spirit. But Jesus says this, He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Now, you could argue that this bit here is also talking about discipline, uh, that a Christian bearing fruit still wrestles with the flesh. And so, you know, it's that sinful nature part that God's pruning back so there can be more fruit. But I don't think you can interpret it that way if you understand those first century vine growing practices that I mentioned earlier. It's not just that Jesus is saying, look, go around and clip off the dead stuff, but be really sure to not touch the good parts, as it, like maybe some of these had fruit on them. That's not what he's saying. He's saying sometimes the healthy shoots. Sometimes the stuff that is producing good fruit, even a healthy branch as a whole, is pruned right back. So that there would be, like we said before, a strengthening of the connection to the vine, a strengthening of the branch. Sometimes the healthy stuff, even the good in our lives, is taken away. And so who does God prune? Actually, all of us. His children. Full stop. Those who are half-hearted in their walk with him, those who are completely sold out and living holy, Jesus-centered, fruitful, amazing, godly lives. All of us he prunes. Sometimes it, it seems that even... Uh, the, it actually seems that those who face setbacks, those who face painful challenges, God taking things away, that those people are more so the people who are actually living holy lives. That that happens, pruning happens more so for those than people who are still dabbling in sin because God's actually just being really gentle and gracious with those branches who are still weak and fragile and not matured yet. Uh, Jesus addressed this when some people came to him one day, uh, pointing out a blind man. 
and you might remember the story. Uh, they, they point to this blind man and say, so who, who sinned, this man or his parents? In other words, did God punish or discipline this man because of what someone did wrong? The works of the faith. In fact, they weren't even asking that question. They were just saying, someone obviously did something wrong and there's discipline or punishment here, so who was it? And Jesus says, no, 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 you got it all wrong. This happened, this man was born blind, so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So what is the fruit of the Spirit? It's, it's the nature of God funneled out through us. right? The nature of God, that life of God through the vine and then through the branch coming out through us. The nature of God, the character of God, his life produced through us. And so pruning, difficult removal of pleasures and good things and opportunities and abilities that may well happen more and more on people who live by the Spirit. Not just on compromised sinful people because they need some discipline, but those who are living by the Spirit. There then becomes this tension, of course, that we have to wrestle with. What ultimately brings me joy? What brings us joy? What is it? Is it my comfort and is it my access to do what I, to the things that I want to do? Or is it God glorified in my life despite the pain? Pain and joy, I mean, aren't they incompatible? <laughs> you know, how do those two things go together? Well, no, they're not incompatible according to Jesus and not according to his little brother either, James, who says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The Apostle Paul wrote substantially on persecution and suffering for Christ as well. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Now, not every challenge we face uh, you know, is necessarily pruning, executed by God, the divine gardener. But whatever loss we face, whatever challenge we face, there can be joy in the pain. That's what the Bible shows us. If God is glorified in it, because our joy, we have to make this choice to believe this. It's not easy to believe. But the truth is that our joy lies in God being glorified. Our joy is in God glorified. And we, I think that's the mark of maturity of a believer when we learn that that is indeed true. God prunes all his children that we may bear more fruit and find joy in him glorified. So finally then, that's why and who, what does God prune? What does it actually look like? What is it that in our lives that he might prune away? What does it actually look like when he gets out the secateurs and, and gets to work on our life? I think that actually God will remove anything, good or bad, that might stop us from continuing to live right in the middle of his will for our life. Now, that can be sin, for sure. That can be what he prunes away, sins. or Now, that might be sin of commission or sins of omission. That means doing what we shouldn't or not doing what we should. It might be unintended sin or intended things that hinder or poison relationships. We might not even know, and so we might not understand the pruning. But then God can take away not just the things that are actually hindering relationships, but things that are good. Even things 
that he has orchestrated, and this is what's so hard to grasp at first, I think, when it comes to pruning, that things that have come about because we have been completely obedient to him. He prunes even those things away because in the next phase of our life, he has something different. He has something more for us. And I've found this to be true in my, true in my own life and a number of people I know, that God, he does this pruning. And, and here's my theory on why he does it. We become attached to the fruit. What I mean by that is this. He produces fruit in us, through us, when we remain connected to him, we remain in his word, remain in his love. Those are the two themes we've looked at in the last two weeks. When we remain, we obey his will and the fruit comes. But then what I know happens in my life is that I like the fruit. The good thing that Jesus has done in me, I like that. I start to become proud of that. I start to go, that's that makes me a Christian. That fruit makes me uh, worthy. That fruit is what gives me my identity. I'm kind. I'm gener- I've helped people. I, I've produced X, Y, Z. I've accomplished this produce in my life. It, yes, I give credit to Jesus, but look at this fruit, and I become attached to it. I remain, if you like, in the fruit. And Jesus said, ne- he never said, stay connected to the fruit. He said, stay connected to him, so we will bear more fruit. Think about the grapevine and its purpose. Who is the fruit for? Is it for us, the branches producing it? Or does the grape get plucked off as soon as it's ripe to be squished, fermented for somebody else to drink whilst uh, sitting on their balcony eating cheese and drinking wine? That's what the fruit is for, right? The fruit of the Spirit isn't for me. It's not going to give me life. It, it won't feed me. Only the vine does that. And so what does God prune from our lives? <laughs> anything. It could be literally anything that is a product of our life that may even have been part of his will for us that he now needs to take away so that we don't become attached to it and so the next plan for us to bear more fruit can come to pass. And you know what? Sometimes, especially if that fruit, especially what's come from our lives, has been good and God-honoring and full of joy, sometimes that pruning stinking hurts. I don't need to tell you this, right? I mean, whatever it is for you, you, you know some of you have had your job pruned in the, in the last little while. Your financial security, for some of you it's your health. A loved one you lean on in some way with some removal from them. And it literally can feel like this. I'm going to push the tree over if I'm not careful. That's what pruning can feel like, right? It hurts. But we've got to hold on to this promise that God is the loving gardener. And whatever he does, whatever he lets happen to the branches that he cares for, whatever happens is for good. It may hurt. It may, it may not seem good at the, in the moment at the time, but there is a purpose there is a divine purpose 
that only the divine gardener can see at this point in time. I mean, I really do think that God in this season is doing a lot of pruning. I really believe this, that he is using this COVID-19 situation that he didn't create, but he is using it as an opportunity to prune things away from us that have been stopping us from living at the center of his will into the next phase of our life. We may be completely in his will, but as we go into the next place, he wants that to continue. He's pruning away for some of us activities, stuff that just chewed up our time and reduced the quality of time spent with loved ones or spent with him. For others, he's pruning away resources or finances that we'd become dependent on, uh, things that we didn't need to depend on him. Uh, that, sorry, that, that that we, things that we had that mean we didn't need to depend on God. He's pruning away good and enjoyable, even, even godly relationships, possibly. Uh, things that, relationships that you simply don't need anymore because he's calling you now to invest t- that time in someone else who needs to learn the way of Jesus. He's pruning away, maybe for you it's pruning away habits and rituals that you had and that, that you started as a really healthy thing, uh, patterns in your life, but then they've just become a rut. And so he's taking them away to refocus you on him. Maybe he's even pruning away the ways you prayed and worshipped and connected with Jesus because those had just become a bit stale, a bit religious, a bit of a, a just a, a habit instead of something really energizing and life-giving. There's any number of things that God might be wanting to prune in your life right now. The question is always this, will we let him? It's really easy to take the branch and go, no, 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 no. If I just dress it up a bit, spray paint it green, put some leaves on it, I can pretend it's still alive. But if God's taken it away, we need to let it go. So will we let him do the pruning? I've seen so many ways that in my my own life this has been happening in this time that as rhythms go out the door and as changes to to work settings, many of you experience the same thing, whether you're calling America in the middle of the night because that's what work looks like for you now or whether you're working from home. Things are, are just have changed. And probably for a little while longer, although some normality is coming back, but this, this shakes us up. Are we going to let God do something in us that will be for good in the long term? Things that shook us up so that took things away so that we would return our attention to how we connect with him and how we connect with others. Finally, I really believe that God is pruning the church around the world right now. I don't know if you noticed this, but... He's at least temporarily pruned away our whole way of meeting together. Um, But that is forcing us to ask whether the rhythms of meeting together that we had and were really focused on was actually what God wanted in the first place. Maybe he wanting us to look back at, well, what does the church do now? Oh, well, this is what it did in the early church. This is when the church was fully alive in the book of Acts. Maybe we need to look at that. He's pruning away resources from whole communities. He's pruning away things we relied on as the people of Jesus uh, so that we need to rely on him and him alone and rely on each other as well even more. It's not been easy. It's not going to be easy for a little while to come. But I honestly believe that God is doing 
in his people right now a work individually and communally that is going to bring about a strengthening of the branches and a deeper connection to the vine in a really wonderful way. Wonderful fruit is going to come out of this situation. But again, the question is, will we let God do this pruning? Will we let go of even the good stuff that he's cutting off right now? Not just attach ourselves to what was, but attach ourselves to Jesus and let him produce something more that is still to come. What I want to do this morning is, is just ask you that if you, if you want to pray with someone uh, to text um, to that number, which we'll put up on the screen, just text through to that. You could try putting in the chat if you're on church online. So I'd like to pray with someone. And then uh, myself or one of our staff members or someone from it will give you a call and just say, hey, we'd love to pray with you. It could be by text message. It could be hit the live prayer button. However you want to do it, we'd love to pray with you if you're just like, yes, I just need to, to commit to God this thing that I know he's taking away and I need to let it go so that he can do a work in us, which in the long term will mean good fruit can be born in our lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that uh, even though it can really, really hurt when you prune stuff away in, in our lives, especially if it's good things, especially if it's something that we see no logical reason why you would need to remove it from our lives, that you do have a purpose, you do have a plan in all of it, and ultimately it's for your glory and our good, your glory and our joy. Help us to see that, Lord. Help us to see with your eyes what we don't see in the natural. And help us to be willing to let you prune back the things in our lives so that all we have is you. All we have, even if it feels like we've been pruned back just to a stump, that we're still connected to you. And that means there is still life left in us because we are connected to you. Father, I pray for anybody who's struggling with the way you have pruned away things in their lives right now or the struggles or the challenges they're facing. I pray, Lord, you would bring them comfort. You would remind them that you love them, that you are the loving gardener, and it hurts you to have to prune away things from their lives, but it is because you love them, because you have more for them, because you want them connected to you. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that they would feel your life, Jesus, flowing through their veins even this morning. And Lord, as we close out this morning in worship, Lord, would you remind us once again that we do not uh, exist as branches who are pruned and and it hurts and it's challenging um, on our own, but that Jesus was the first one. Jesus was the one who went to the cross. His whole life stripped away from him in order that we might have life, in order that he might become the vine who we connect ourselves to. So thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you that he suffered everything that we will suffer. He knows our pain. He knows all of this. And he is with us, alongside us, by his Holy Spirit now, as the helper and as the comforter. Thank you, Lord Jesus.